We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 383 of the Winning Six Podcast, proudly part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. Jordan, this is a weekend. I, I honestly can't remember what? the last time we recorded a podcast on a weekend. I honestly don't Ooh. know if we ever recorded one on a Saturday I know in our early days we used to always record Sunday night like when I say our early days when we literally started winning six uh yeah maybe an emergency podcast that's true possibly a draft, draft aftermath trade. free agencies please yeah something like that yeah well we're, we're not here for anything that, that exciting oh. no it's okay I'm just gonna I just gotta get this thing moving Jordan Gotta get this thing moving. It's a weekend uh, at six. <laughs> we're not here for anything that exciting. Other than the schedule is weird. The books had a back-to-back this week, and they played a very early game on Saturday, live on ABC, which I'm sure ABC would like their money back for. And they'll be back on action on Monday for Martin Luther King Day. So this was the only window, really, that the worked to get a win at six out this week. So here we are. We weren't going to let you down, you know, the old Adam and Jordan, sure, they would have, they would have let it go. But 2023, not these guys. 
Yes, we we answer the call, and uh, uh, the people on the other line they want their answers. Why are the Bucks the way they are? Two and two on this road trip when it could easily have been zero and four. <laughs> yeah, the books are finished with another five hundred road trip. Uh, another spell where there are moments of oh, have they turned a corner? This looks good. Some good basketball. Only to be followed by... Ugh, they haven't turned the corner. Things are really ugly. Is this team going to miss the playoffs, Jordan? No. No, that was that was a rhetorical question. Oh. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for taking it, though, with the seriousness that it was asked. Mm-hmm. We talked before we started. I'll let y'all behind the curtain, because I think this episode is going to be a little bit Better in some ways, not world world peace. Um, we're we're grappling with something over the last few weeks, which is it feels like we're having to come out here every week and do the same episode, the same podcast. The books just keep ser- serving us up the same sort of stuff. The stories they stay the same, and I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna kind of wrestle with that because to some extent we are going to have to talk about when will Chris Milton be back although seems like we've got cause for encouragement on that front although I don't think any of us will get carried away just at the thought of him coming back on the court Uh, we're going to have to talk about games and losses without star players we're going to have to talk about some role players playing well but what does it really matter if your role player playing well has to be your star player on a given night and it's it's all the kind of things that we just, you know, it's Groundhog Day, Jordan. We're doing this again and again and again. Uh, people are getting increasingly agitated about where the books are at. I think increasingly concerned. That's only going to swell, I think, even if things do take a, an uptick towards the trade deadline, because the trade deadline will get people working those trade machines anyway. Uh, but it's it's a tough spot, a weird spot, as we've said before, and as we'll say again, where the books right now are not good enough, but I think we'd be insane to imagine they would be good enough, given what the lineups they're putting out night to night look like, given what they're missing, and given how this team was constructed, what the expectation was for how the Milwaukee books would go and win basketball games. And I mean, I feel like we're working through... This is a collective we, Jordan. This is the wider books fan base, that particularly, I guess, the online part of the books fan base, which you and I are maybe, we are technically, we're, we're increasingly less online than we once were. But I mean, the discourse has been a flow on this week, whether it's should we be worrying about Giannis to, I feel like we're, we're going over every kind of, kind of corner, every nook and cranny of this Milwaukee books season has been explored and it feels like something negative has been turned up in all of those spaces where part of it has got to be like, yeah, things aren't great. And we all know why they're not great. Uh, Like this is, this is the thing that really is the most simple of all the answer to kind of any question that's coming up. Isn't a complex one to arrive at, like whether that's, to just take it and boil it down to the simplest, what Chris Milton is out and the books are missing their second, third best, whatever he is, one of their three clear stars. 
whether that's to then extend it to the knock-on effect of that, the what's wrong with Giannis, which the answer is not a whole lot. Have you seen what he's been doing this season? But the flip side of that, and something we've talked about over the course of the year, is he doesn't quite look right in some ways. His efficiency isn't what it has been. But again, is that not what's going to happen when you don't have your sidekick there with you and you're having to do it all by yourself and you're drawing more attention and everything is more and more difficult? And it all kind of snowballs to where we're at, which is how many games now, Jordan? We are 43 games into the season. The books are 27 and 16. 11 games above 500 in spite of all the problems. Celtics have had what is a very well-timed winning streak because the books have continued to kind of struggle with injuries. They've won five in a row, so they have a four-game lead in the books. Books are one game back of the Nets. And since we last recorded, Kevin Durant has suffered a knee injury, which is going to keep him out for a few weeks. So pain may well be on the horizon for the Nets over some of that period of time too. The Cavs are right there with the books. The Sixers just behind them. And giving two games to the Heat has brought a team like Miami back into the mix somewhat as well. Like this is this is kind of the fluid situation in the East. And this is what we're talking about every single week. Jordan, how are you coping with, how are you wrestling with that? Do you think this is a factor for why, in addition to just, it's not fun to watch the books on certain nights right now. It's not fun to watch this team lose games that we've become used to them not losing. Do you think just the repetitive nature of it is making that feel worse for people? Is it the fact also that we don't have a, we don't have a clear kind of end date for the malaise on the calendar because we don't know exactly, you know, we could say, oh, Chris will be back the next game and it still won't mean, well, Chris is going to be the Chris the books need. Do you think all of this is playing into a greater feeling, greater sentiment of frustration among books fans? Short answer, yes. <laughs> Long answer. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, glad you're going to give a long answer because this is a yeah. podcast. Yes. Um, we're roughly, what, three months out from the playoffs now because I think the season ends like April 10th. So we're, we're essentially, we're past the halfway mark. The playoffs are looming on the horizon. The trade deadline is fast and furious guys. I mean, Noah Vonley was traded a couple weeks ago and that really kicked off trade season. Hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. <laughs> you be careful now. Keep Noah Vonley's name out of your mouth, Jordan. I'm sorry. Um, I know a team that could do with Noah Vonley. <laughs> this is also true. Uh, yes, I, I. this season has been trying. When they lose, they lose spectacularly. Um, some cases, I mean... A couple of weeks ago, it was against the Wizards. They just laid an egg, but also they have Giannis. I feel just like any things are just you know down bad. This even this road trip where it's like okay, you celebrate a huge comeback win over the Knicks, who have been improved themselves, but you had to you know sort through the mess to get there. The Hawks, I mean, that game should have been put away, but you know, it comes down to the wire and you celebrate Drew just, you know, taking the reins and Giannis mustering through the lowest amount of points he scored in seven years, which is kind of surprising because I feel like he's had stinkers that have led to 
single digits before, but not as low as he did that day. Um, yeah, it just, it just every, you know, even the highs don't feel high. It's, it's just the kind of everything just very in the middle. And it certainly, you know, speaks to after being undefeated and being 9-0, 10-0, whatever it was. And then, you know, we're in this 500 stretch. They've been a 500 team for a better, park, better chunk of the season. And that has coincided with a lot of games missed from Chris. Um, I believe today would mark the eighth game that Giannis has missed. Drew has missed some time too with flu. And, you know, they've had a lot of uh, string of back-to-backs recently. So you're not, you're guaranteed that you're not going to see at least Giannis, probably Drew. Probably Drew, Drew has missed 12 games, by the way. 12 games. Wow. So we're at about, what, 30%? of the season so far yep like if we don't even really talk about him in that way but those games have really added up over the course of the season yeah um Ingles too they've been monitoring monitoring his minutes even brooke i mean we kind of call him the iron man because he's always out there no matter what if it's um safer last year but no matter if stars are playing he's missed some time because they've you know been really cognizant of not having him out there all the time so yeah it's it's just kind of this Can I just, that it is brooke has missed two games which it by this season standard is yes. very much iron man stuff it is true and it's probably um, not a good idea like but it's also just you know representative of the books not having the luxury of being like oh the aging big man who just had back surgery last year we should go easy on him it's like no, no. he's the only one who can hold up to it it's him and bobby and that's it yeah i think for all those reasons and everything that you outlined to kick this off i just think for a long time everything that was wrong with the bucks it was treated in a very there's something wrong with the team itself and what they are lacking the construction yeah construction uh you know how to compliment Giannis, how to compliment chris you know searching there's a reason why they brought drew holiday in the first place where they upgraded him from eric bledsoe all these things that were a process leading up to the championship and it made it that much more, you know, thrilling to watch. It wasn't, I mean, it was certainly agonizing at many points, but like, and there was, it wasn't a clean process by any means. It, it, it took eight years from the moment that Giannis and Chris walked in the door to finding the right coach, finding the right players, finding the right mix of, of veteran savvy, going through those huge bumps in the road. And, you know, there's, that's, there's, <laughs> There are many uh, bitter pills to swallow when you when you have to go through all of those ups and downs to eventually, I guess, taste championship glory. So I think in the post-championship world that we live in, I still think we are, are I, I don't think it's even just this. I think it's something with the NBA. I think there's, there's an, how you follow the sport now because it is so conditioned towards well, if there's something wrong with you, you you seek solutions, you seek answers, and there are many ways to do it. Whether it's through trade, whether it's getting through uh, getting a new coach, GM, um, it's so a 
you go from A to B to C about fixing all your problems. When for me, the Bucks, this Bucks team doesn't, I don't think there's any one problem in terms of in that kind of sense that I'm talking about. I just think that every every time we talk about the state of the Bucks and just what this season has been like, it obviously comes down comes down to what they don't have in terms of like player availability. And it's the hardest thing to wrestle with because then you're you're in into these teams that like the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George to an extent, to um Joel Embiid and the Sixers and Harden. And it's always about like, well, you know, when they have everybody together, th- this team is a is a championship contender. Like I was watching NBA Countdown before the game today and they rattled off all these teams that they said were championship contenders, not just in the East, but the NBA itself. And it's like, it, it ultimately comes down to who is available when the playoffs are being played. And if it was so simple to diagnose and guess who these teams were then it wouldn't make following who is going to win the the championship this year that much more fun the bucks were able to benefit from that because that's just what happens but then when you fall into those teams that have these question marks based on on um player availability alone it makes it that much harder to just be like well they need this they need that and they uh, these guys have to step up. Grayson Allen and uh, Javon Carter, they can easily be better when no matter what, who is on the floor. And it's like, it all goes back to the bigger issue facing the Bucks about like Chris Billington has only played seven games this year. And that when you don't have someone as big as this team is, he's not a Giannis. Um, he's not even a Drew in some sense, but like what he brings to the Bucks is, has been, elevated by what they have around them and when you don't have a piece there everything else is made worse by it it little by little it could be as as something as small as Giannis not shooting well from uh a certain beyond the paint from a certain you know distance on the floor or it could be Javon Carter going through these massive upswings and massive downswings say for Grayson you know it just it's I don't know it, it just is like there's so many different things that go on. You could insert role player here and why they should play him more and why they should play him less over this guy and this guy. And it's like the simplest answer is, has been right in front of us about what has, hasn't been going right for the Bucks this year or what hasn't clicked yet. We try to find the hardest solution to it because, you know, that's just what it is following a team over the course of six to seven months. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, a couple of things on that. One, I think trying to find that harder solution or honestly just trying to find solutions, 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 solutions. It's it's something that's entirely different about being a fan now than I even feel was like when I really started locking into the NBA a decade ago a little over a decade ago um we know we all know and i've talked about like espn's impact on that and all of their shows focusing on trades and we were uh we were all victim to the where is Giannis gonna go once he leaves milwaukee and we'll, we'll get to that cycle again at some point like so we know what that is like and we know the ways big and small that that just has completely changed NBA discourse. I do think beyond that, though, there is more. There's like there's an NBA 2K thing. There's a fantasy sports thing. There's just a, like a, a gamification of real life professional sports business in people's minds where mm. You've got your fancy team and a guy gets injured and you're going to wave him and you're going to bring in a free agent because you need to win your match that week. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. that is not how actual roster building works. And it's even tougher for a team like the Bucks do that as we've talked ad nauseum about for years because of the way their assets are shaped up. Um, that's That's something that, again, it kind of comes around pretty regularly and i know we've talked about the coverage angle and how that kind of trickles down into like i'm not saying that even in an an accusatory way of like oh there's this person over there who views the nba like that it's no we all do like that has become part of how everyone digests and approaches it because it's kind of what is being filtered in and fed to people from all angles like the type of coverage that nba basketball has got has changed uh, it's not to say the alternatives aren't out there i would certainly like to think we are the alternatives we are not the podcast that every week sits around and be like let's try trade candidates let's do that that's <laughs> if we if we do it even once a season that's rare the other thing though and this is something i've thought about a few times in recent years and when you talk about it there it comes back to me i think we all try to delude ourselves a little bit. It's not a books thing. It is a books thing, but it's not just a books it's, thing. Yeah. This is NBA fans generally. Because we want to pretend that we are not the idiots for being so invested in this for 82 regular season games and putting emotional stock into that every night. And if you're like you and I, Jordan, we want to pretend that we're not the idiots for going on a podcast, set our mics up and talking about regular season games all throughout the season. 
And I think particularly from a book's perspective, I think arguably the worst season the books have had in the last four years, like overall season, where they were at, what their highs looked like, how they were set up, it was the one they won a championship. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I'm finding really tough to shake. And I, I think we often get into conversations along the lines of, you know, the, the flip the switch idea, which I, I think may even be a mischaracterization of that kind of thing. The NBA doesn't have to be a competitive marathon. There's no doubt it is a marathon in terms of conditioning, in terms of health, in terms of getting to a pl- place where, you know, somebody's going to pick you to win a championship. But when it comes down to actually winning a championship, I do think it can be closer to, for example, the NFL playoffs or the MLB playoffs. You do, not have, you do not have one game series, but I, I think we have seen increasingly one. Again, I think it's part of the, the 82 games and with the speed and intensity the game is played at now, injuries are just increasingly feeling like they're playing a bigger and bigger part year in, year out. But if you're a good team, if you're a good enough team and you get in a good position, and I know we mentioned this, I think it was two weeks ago, um, where we talked about, you know, potential seedings and where would we want the books to be? or And I essentially landed, I don't care. Like, if they get into the playoffs and they're healthy so that they're ready to compete, there is no team in the Eastern Conference. There's also no team in the Western Conference that I think the books are incapable of beating. Doesn't mean they will, but you could get what was very much like what happened when they won a championship, which is you get them there, they're able to go to battle with a team every night, they're super competitive, they're well-drilled, they've got good chemistry, so those things need some work between now and then, probably, and they come out champions. And, I mean, for all of the mind-blowing highlights that are seared into all of our minds from the book's title run, I do think with any kind of remove from it, we'd all say, oh yeah, that was very far from the best books basketball we've watched in recent years. It was ugly. A lot of those games were ugly. The books did not get their offense going. Their defense wasn't even the best it has ever been. It was just simply a case that game in, game out, they were doing what they needed to do to get the win. And that's ultimately what it boils down to. If you get enough of those, if you get your 16, you're the champions. And I, I do think part of like the the kind of the January panic that can set in for people is because it's like, well, why have I watched them now? And it's it's the pushback on the narrative, which was always, you know, the NBA doesn't start till Christmas Day, or my own personal adage, which goes back to our days, writing about the books on a website and looking at the trends of traffic, which is the the book season doesn't start until the Packers season finishes. Like I do think there is part of this at this point, which is like finding meaning for games that they're not meaningless. They can be important, but I think it's very easy to put an over kind of an over exaggerated importance on them because uh, you see, you hear people say things like after a bad loss and be like, 
this this isn't a team that can win a championship. This doesn't look like a team that can win a championship. That's like, yeah, fair. They don't look like would they when they don't have Giannis, for example, and they don't have Chris, and they lose at midday in Miami on ABC. I agree. That no, does not home look home. like a team that is going to win a championship. But that result doesn't necessarily have any bearing on what we'll see down the line. And I, I do get, to your point, I get why the reaction a lot of people have to that is, yeah, but you, you can't approach it like that because your window's so short and you've got to really kind of maximize every moment, every chance. They don't look good enough right now. That's true. But the odds aren't like overly stacked in your favor by just panicking into trying to fix it. I'm not saying that you're even necessarily making bad deals. You can make good trades and still come out and flame out in the second round. Like, we know that's possible. We've seen it happen. We've, we've had the books make good deadline additions. Uh, Nikola Miritich was a player, for example, to go back. A really great books team picking up a player that seemed to fill many of their greatest needs just didn't work out. Like, yeah. didn't come close to working out. And with all of that, it's kind of like, what is the best version of the books? What kind of team do they need to be to win a championship? I still really do believe that the players they need for that are on the roster right now and that they could make zero changes and they could go and win a championship. They need the players to be available and then they need to work on the obvious issues that have come there, be they bad habits from the way they've been playing without Chris, for example, or without just the continuity of having your best players out there together all the time or whether it is greater concerns over like, okay, for example, they start the season and the stated goal is we're not going to give up trees. That works very well over time. It feels like they've moved away from that, but we see games here or there where yeah. that, that comes back in and the defense ramps up. So what is their defensive identity and why are we not seeing it? Are we not seeing it because of just the general mix and match nature of how they've been putting together teams and game plans because of the issues that have been there? Or is there something greater to kind of work out? I'd say it's probably a combination of both, but I, I don't feel like I've got great confidence in being able to just pin it and be like, no, it's not about the personnel missing. This is just, this is a massive, massive problem. And what, how many years are you and I, this is what, our ninth season doing book stuff? I think this is the season where I I just have the least conviction in looking at where they're at and just being like, that is a problem. That is a problem they need to address. Because yeah. again, to circle back to where we started, there is the most obvious problem of all and plenty of others that kind of have come out of that that without seeing that rectified it's kind of like okay i i don't know like i don't know if that other thing is the source or it's it's really tough to tell i mean the other part of this too is and this is the more concerning part and this is the part where if people are having these conversations and people may have to have these conversations in a few weeks if chris comes back and it doesn't go well again like that is the, oh my God, what are we going to do with the roster discussion? It's not the one anyone wants to have because it's 
it's also much, much tougher to fix than being like, we're going to trade Grayson Allen and we're going to get Jay Crowder and we're going to win a championship. But if Chris can't come back and be Chris or Chris just can't stay healthy, that underpins what the books are doing in a way that is just fundamental. Like that, I think removed from the emotion of watching games within a season, if it was said to anyone in an off season, Chris is just going to be injured and injured and he'll come back and he'll get injured and he'll come back and he'll get injured. I think any book sounds response is going to be, oh, well, the books aren't winning a championship then. But yeah. in the moment, emotions a little bit higher, the frustration of watching games, that kind of flips in a different way. There's a lot of interesting things that you, where you said like spurred thoughts that I have. And again, this talks about the books, but it doesn't necessarily talk about everything about the books. And as you mentioned, even as I would say I'm more distant or not as don't have as much skin in the game in a very wanting to, uh, you know, take part in the online discourse around the bucks as I was when I was running. We were running. Uh, <laughs> we do host the podcast, though. I know, like, but it is, it is we are, different. It is and it isn't. I mean, it it isn't because we feel like we're just talking to each other here, Jordan, but I got to yeah. break it to you. There is, in fact, quite a lot of people who listen to our conversations here. Um, so they're involved, too. Got a great new community. Joinrepod.com forward slash yes. Eurostep Podcast Network, I think. Or is it GSPN? I better double check that. Um, where... You can listen to our pods there if you want, but you can weigh in with your thoughts on any given episode of Win and Six or the Eurostep Two. So, Jordan, this is not this is not us being offline. This is still, <laughs> in fact, very, very online. Uh, as much as you might like to think it's not. Joinrepod.com forward slash GSPF for clarification. Boom. There you go. Our Discord too. I like. I, I we have. I there's so much things I like talking about with the Bucks and. I have, I weirdly enough, I've enjoyed watching this heat or this season more than a lot of years because I feel like I have the the best grasp of what is actually going on on the court that I have in a long time. That that is truly sick. I just <laughs> what I just I think I just understand the game more. That is all I'm saying. That instead of not in a bucks sense, I'm just. Saying, this is a terrible year to be like. I understand the game more. I think understand the game well, more this year here. should mean you have less fun. So you're getting into my point. Okay. We know more about the NBA now than we have ever. We know the names of agents for players. Do you yes. think anybody do you think anybody knew Michael Jordan's agent before he sent his faxon that said I'm back and stuff like that? Like, did they know David Falk? Probably Possi- possibly Michael Jordan's agent, but if you were to pick any other player, I think you're correct. Yeah, granted, I, yeah, I'm picking the most famous basketball player, of, arguably of all time, the most um, like commercially famous and successful basketball yeah. player too. <laughs> anyway, but look, I get it. You're right. The, your point stands. Let's just we, let's say Isaiah Thomas. Who was Isaiah Thomas's agent? I don't even know that now. No, me neither. So we know about the inner workings of what drives 
NBA basketball or what drives the business of basketball? Um, if those things want to be reported on, of course. Which leads me to the other point. We know like more about the NBA and everything like that. And I feel like we know less about the actual team itself. And maybe this is a very Bucks problem because things are so quiet and vague and whether it's trade rumors or whether it's the health status of players, it's not, it's very, we're going through this with Chris. We went through it with Brooke last year. Um, are you saying Chris needs to do like a 40 second video clip with champs? Is that what you're saying? Not answer what, what he was going to be back at all. It's just always like these vague, like, Oh, they there's optimist, like they're optimistic. They're, there's, you know, excited that he can return not in the near future, no like exact date. Everything is is not I, I don't know how to like well give me it. give me the specifics of what Chris is out with. It's <laughs> my point. So I feel like that whole <laughs> The whole, the, I guess, I, again, this could be a very Bucks thing that we're talking about because I, I feel like there are other teams that do this um, but may not have the championship aspirations like the Bucks do or whatever the case may be. I think people, pl- I think teams play it better than others. And I think the Bucks are very good at what they want out there, they get out there. What gets out there isn't always through them. Um, you have to follow the source. You have to follow where these these things come from. That's more of like a trade. Do you think they thing. ever want anything out there? I'm trying to think of something where I'm like, oh, the book. I do think that. that they want something out there. Something's out there in a general sense, not anything specific. Do they want Mike, Mark Lazary, you know, wanting to sell the team out there? Probably not, but that got out there. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I, I don't. That's, that's well, part I, of the, I'd imagine. Well, I'd imagine Mark Lazary wants. Mark if he's, if he's trying to sell the team. team. Yeah. Well, like that. What's the team though? What's the team as opposed to? I mean, Wes Eden's might want it out there because he might like a, a free run of himself. But yeah, he's like, okay, I, pay for all this. <laughs> I I get your point. But I also think from from all of that. How teams treat the regular season. I, again, we've talked about it post-COVID. There has been a shift. The players have played more basketball. This offseason, I feel like, a, like I'm beating a dead horse. This offseason was a break for everybody. And then you played Eurobasket like Giannis, and, uh, and now he's playing more basketball than he ever did. But, like, I feel like for, for a lot of teams, there are a couple of exceptions, like the Jazz a couple of years ago, the Suns last year. Um, what you put into the regular season, what you want to get, you know, for your team, your aspirations, all that stuff. If you want to have as many players off on back-to-backs and stuff like that, then so be it. But if you are going to attack the season, like we want to be the one seed in the, in the West, you're going to feel that experience of, of winning so many games and being the top dog in the conference and all that stuff. And then you have to deal the consequences of winning the West or winning the East, like the Bucks did a couple of years ago, or so going I, out like the first or second round as the one seed in the West generally does. Yes, 
and I just think like we have so much knowledge of of the game now and all this stuff that I think how we talked about like have talked about the NBA and just like the regular season especially and it still matters even though the Warriors you know went 73 and 9 and went down to the final game of of the season and lost in this spectacular fashion that like it was made meaningless because Kevin Durant went there and blah, 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 blah. And like the regular season doesn't mean anything anymore. Whereas I still think it does, but like you, we have to come to this reality of like, whether it's even in the, the um, reality that Chris is dealing with something um, with his knee, with so many injuries going into the year and clearly coming back too early and not looking like himself now going back and missing how many, however many games it's been, I think, I think they said uh, 16 straight games now um, since he made his return. Like there are things that we grasp with like how teams treat the regular season now that I don't, I guess I don't know what my point is. I, I, said I, I, I think I've got your point. I think I can, I can do this succinctly. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Is your point that we talk about trades and we try to find solutions that way because there's something knowable for fans in today's day and age to be like, well, team X and team Y could do a trade because they've got a good working relationship. And that, that agent has those players in that roster. And we know they make this much salary and that salary would fit into this team's cap situation. And they want to move on from that player and he can go back there and this team has a need for draft picks. So throw a couple of second rounds there. All of that stuff, as much as that is like fantasy team building and it's purely speculative, it is also dealing with things that not when all put together, but in kind of individual elements are knowable things. So people can break them down and feel confident in doing that, stand behind them and also feel like, you know, I'm the genius here. Look at the dummy over here who's actually got the GM job. I'm over here. I'm dealing with the same facts he is, and this is what I would do, okay? Versus we put less time and energy into the other stuff because it's the unknown. Yeah. And it's it's yes. truly yes, yes, it's yes. truly unknowable because we I mean it's it's not like Chris Middleton could just come out and tell us exactly what's going on. He could just like he could bring his doctor with him. His doctor could tell him the books could talk about, but that is not how sports works. I mean, um, Bud is truly elite at saying nothing, but that he is saying everything. Not, not true. Like, he, he really he, does. No, say no, nothing. no. He uses a lot of words to say nothing is more what I was trying to get. At. I mean, the most he said this week was without using any words when he, took a sip of some water in Atlanta and he let the entire world know how he felt about uh, a brand, which I will not name for sponsorship reasons. And also because I can't remember what it is, but did not like that water. I'm sure you do. No free ads. Uh, Predicting for something that we're, but hates. I I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Uh, But that's the most he said this week. And he truly said nothing. But that's also like, but is, but is just like every other coach in basically the entirety of sports now. 
like right down to lower levels of sports to probably high school coaches, college coaches, like because there's an, an element of kind of aping and mimicking what they're seeing from coaches at the top level, which is like there's a reason coach speak is a phrase that is used. Yeah. And yeah, like that is that is further kind of diminished the information <laughs> that we have at our disposal to understand like the intricacies of well, player coach relationships player player relationships um, managing health and injuries across the course of a season that kind of thing and yet you're right the books are more strict on this than other teams because we know they, i they think do the, the best they, example they do the we coach can speak themselves yeah well but in that case it's like it's business it's like tech ceo speak like john horse from the moment he came in and honestly, that was a that's something too. Where you look at the changes within the book, when in the books you've got John Hammond, like this incredibly personable figure, who like in a very homely Midwestern way would speak quite openly. Like I'm not saying he was giving away all the state secrets, but given how the books operate now, he absolutely was. Like in yeah. a comparative sense, even guys like Billy McKinney, and we used to hear from him around the draft. You've just got like old school basketball guys, but they build good relationships with local media. And if they're asked a question, they'd give an answer. And it's, they're not throwing players under the bus or anything like that, but it's like, okay, well, we're all working together here. And this is where things stand. Horse arrival to the books changed that completely. I don't put that on horse or on the books, like as a completely books thing. Cause I, I do think that's in a line with just the broader movements in the NBA and the broader movements in sports, even if the books sometimes push it further. But, I will always refer to it because it's the point of, you know, irritation for me personally, uh, as someone who tries to cover the books and particularly around the draft, the fact that they don't disclose who works out for them in a draft ahead of a draft, when that's like 150 players, most likely. And most of those guys aren't even going to sniff the G league, let alone the NBA. We know for a fact, John Horst has gone on record in the past saying he views that as proprietary information. And if that's proprietary information, like there's no leap to be taken to understand how, for example, Brooks injury last year, how they view that in spite of how frustrating that is for everyone else, how Chris's injury is this year, etc. Like, I, I don't know where to, what to do without where to go with any of that other than, yeah, I do think you're right. Like, I think as humans, we hate the unknowns. And there's not a bigger unknown on this team right now than when Chris Middleton will be back, how long he'll be back, and what he'll look like when he is back. Yeah. And that's honestly the thing that is defining the book season right now. Because oh, if the yeah. if the if the answer is back Monday, won't be injured again, looks great. I really believe all of our worries are gonna go away. Like doesn't mean to win a championship, but I think this team is gonna start to look a lot better, a lot a lot quicker than they may otherwise do so. Giannis will start playing more like himself, if we want to put it that way. He may not have to try to assert himself on a game, and he may just have greater success by having the game come to him than he's had to do up to this point in the season. And yeah, all of your role players, they're closer to being in the right place. And it just kind of, it'll work out from there. Like I, It is human nature, but I, I do think the reason why we keep having these conversations is 
we're like, well, this is what the books are giving us, both on the court and off the court, every week for probably the last month anyway. Really, since Chris went down injured again. I mean, it, it, yeah, we we had got past this kind of situation when Chris was back and Pat had just come back. And it's like, okay. Joe Ingles we, was on the customer. Joe Ingles, Christmas surprise, of course. It was all playing out in a way where it's like, great, we can now get down to just the basketball of the books. They've survived through that period of time. We all knew they'd have to survive. And now they can get to look like whatever this team is going to be on the court. And we're still waiting. I really hope we're not going to have to wait much longer. But I wouldn't call myself confident right now. Yeah, and that that to me that to me is my concern, and that that also I guess to build on that, I have struggles to be like I'm I'm done with Grayson Allen. I'm over Grayson Allen Jordan this season because I just I I don't really view Grayson Allen as the book's problem. Like you can just have Grayson Allen on your roster, and if he's really bad as the season goes on, you just stop playing him, and it, it's not important if the rest of your best players are there and things are humming. And they have the depth for that. If you get everyone healthy, um, Joe Ingles, Pat, like they have those options there. Marjan. But we haven't been in that place. We may not get to that place. And it's tough. So, I mean, all this, I hope, I hope that conversation is interesting, which is just Jordan and I trying to work through this. And maybe some of you are also trying to work through this yourself because you're just like, God, this team is beating me up every night. It's they're tough to watch. And yet every now and then, like first half, first three quarters against the Hawks, you just see, particularly I think Joe Ingles working really, really well. And it's a game where Giannis is really struggling, but everyone else isn't. And you see the blueprint of, oh, like this is how this thing could end up supercharged. Yeah, it's all like disparate parts where how can you get that to connect, whether it's when Chris comes back or however long this, you know, uh, story gets unfolds, you know, that's, that's part of what it, what is frustrating about it. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, we can go on and on and on, but like, even the thing that like came out, what was it a couple of weeks ago, or I think even Zach Lowe wrote about it in his most recent 10 things I like or don't like about like internal friction and all this stuff or I, I forget the exact words, but it was always like, oh, there's chemistry issues. And there's always like that finger point of like, well, who's gonna be who's who's mad about this, who's mad about that? And it's like it's just it could be easily just the situation itself. No one wants to be this team doesn't want to be in the position that they are. They they're clearly I'm sure they're sick of this shit. Yeah. I'm like, clearly more anyone log it onto Twitter and be like, I'm sick of this shit. It's like, yeah, imagine yeah. if you're on the team. Yeah. And going through it. And no one wants to lose the Bulls in the way that they did a couple couple of weeks ago. No one wants to lose the Rockets in the way they, they did in like a month and a half ago. It's just, it's part of what happens. And the Hornets. Yeah. The Hornets, the Wizards, like their bad losses later throughout this whole year especially the last you know six weeks i would say basically since chris came back and then went down um or took a backseat whatever you want to call it um it's just like it's stuff like that like when the end of this era eventually does come to an end 
there's gonna be so much time that like was spent panicking about like this is how it ends this is how it ends that when it does happen it's gonna be just like there's no finality just happens to be a thud yeah it just just happens happens. it happens and no one's gonna realize it happens until it's over like until it's like oh we're in which like in the worst case scenario that could be right now in some ways like and and we may not find out like that's that's just the reality of it. And I, I think there is an element of chasing it in a, in a downward kind of spiraling kind of phase, like the books have gone through again for reasons that aren't just like, oh, well, this team has has reached its end point. I don't think it has in terms of its roster construction. I don't think it has in terms of kind of what we would logically assume. But how much logic really factors into this, the grander scheme is up for debate because one day this will just be like, Oh yeah, they're home of the past. Yeah. And it will be that kind of realization. I I firmly believe we're not there, but the picture is complicated if Chris isn't back and Chris isn't playing like we have known him to do. Like it it really is that simple because this team cannot one the worst case scenario would be something like what's been playing out if that was to continue, where he's just like he can't get healthy to get on the court. It's not even like the kind of scenario where I think people have always mapped out. Oh, well, when Chris starts to decline, you trade, you trade him for something else. And you, whether that's to clear up some, some cap space, that's not really the solution given where the books situation will be for a while, maybe in a couple of years as things spike, um, or it's, you're trading him for someone younger and you're bundling other things together to get something better. All of that is well and good, but it's like, and we're having these kind of thoughts about Chris at this point, which again, very premature and hopefully not going to be the case. Hopefully he's playing in a couple of days and continues to play the rest of the season. But it's the kind of conversation we we were also having in some ways when Brooke was dealing with what he was dealing with last year, because the kind of the whole ecosystem is so fragile for the books with the way their assets have been tied up with the money tied up that it just takes one of those really crucial pieces, certainly among their four best players, to no longer be what the books need them to be. And the process of finding a replacement and keeping the show on the road is not impossible, but it is going to be damn, damn difficult. And we'll see. Hopefully we're not there yet, but... Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's part of it which is just we shouldn't be sweating some of these losses because they are not going to define the season. Um, and then on the flip side of that, it's like the things that we could pick out of those games. Yeah. It's not what matters. It's there are, there are bigger things which are the really the most important of all, like what your ceiling is, is so limited by your top end concerns that the little things that are the margins and the most important series the books won't be there to worry about them if they don't get the, the main kind of concerns fixed. Because more than, more than Chris, too, like, it is just a lack of continuity, generally. If you had Drew Holiday out there every night, Giannis out there every night, Brooke out there every night, and whatever we want to put as the other two starters, it's a question for you. What would you say they are right now? Is the it other two starters? Grayson and Pat? Are they? That's what it was against the Heat. Uh, it's it's kind of been like that for a while but that also feels weird that if like if Chris was ruled out for the season tomorrow I don't know if that would be the starting lineup could be 
Um, but to to the point I was making, it hasn't even just been that the books have had like, okay, we're missing that guy, but here's our five, which is kind of like last year when they could have got to the finals and they could have won a championship without Chris Middleton. There was continuity otherwise. There had obviously been good chemistry built up by the other guys on the floor throughout the season. Brooke was back and that had just kind of worked and he'd slotted back in pretty seamlessly. He wasn't producing like he has this year, but he was playing well. And the books could just kind of pick up where they left off without Chris and battle their way through things. And game seven goes differently. Or as you pointed out last week, game six goes differently. And the books could be a finals team. The books could have been a champion again without Chris. The problem now is they haven't had a chance to build up the con- the confidence, the momentum, the continuity, uh, the camaraderie, the chemistry, the understanding. So you don't have that opportunity. Like you're you're really operating from ground zero on that. It's just it's it's yeah. not something that. You can be like, oh, well, we've lost Chris, but next man up, which is a ridiculous thing to say when you lose someone like that. But you can get a lot closer to bridging a gap when everyone else can be like, okay, well, we know what we can do together. It's like, what can they do? Like, what what is Javon Carter on this team? As he starts to play better again and look more confident, it's like, does he end up back in a role he was in earlier in the season? Like, I all of that is very, very difficult to kind of, put your finger on and that doesn't make life any easier for the players and trying to work through things without some of the stars yeah yeah it, it, it's the knock-on effect the domino effect whatever you want to call it of everything that is both plaguing the bucks but also just the situation that they're in it's just it's nothing comes close to figuring out a big question like that when it affects someone as uh vital as we have turned out to, to understand and learn this year as not having Chris Middleton. It, it was the case last year with Brooke Lopez and people underestimated just how much that the Bucks would miss them. Um, and underestimate just, we underestimated how long he'd be out, obviously at multiple points too. So yeah, it's not, it's not the same situation, but it, it certainly um, leads to the same or similar set of circumstances that, you know, we are dealing with for the second year in a row. Indiana up next, Toronto after that, Cavs on the road. That's a kind of tricky stretch in the schedule. And I mean, the Pacers and the Raptors are both just teams that could cause you problems on any given night. Um, certainly two teams having their ups and downs, one of them way outperforming expectations on Lester Jordan Tresky, and the other, I think, pretty comfortably underperforming expectations at this point in the season. But they're not, I would say they're not fun teams to play right now, um, no. particularly given the two coaches that you're going up against. First game well. against the Pacers, too. They haven't played in this, played in this year. Uh, Even with Halburn. Halburn Halburn is obviously the big thing there in the book's favor, and that could be a real slice of good fortune. Um, I guess we also got to hope we're going to see Giannis back on Monday. Yeah, that was another thing that they was said before the broadcast today, that he's likely to play Monday. 
likely to play though, like because to go back to you mentioned earlier, well, wasn't it seven points he had against the Hawks? Yes. He hasn't played since that, and yeah, it hasn't just been. It it seems to be like that. Oh no, he is actually dealing with something in his knee. We know Giannis is always kind of, and they're managing that. But this actually yeah. does feel like no, no, he's like this is just the one step beyond that right now. Uh, it's hard not to view the seven points as somehow related to that too, and possibly playing through that. But then, how quickly that subsides and what he looks like coming out the other side of it. Giannis is superhuman, but I, I the books. And not just the books, the books and Greece and Giannis himself have pushed him right to his limits. I think over the past two and a half, three years, mm. uh, he needs he needs help. And hopefully it's coming, Jordan. Hopefully. Any other quick hitters you've got? Any other takeaways? Any anything happy? Any good news? Anything you share? Well, I was gonna say the but the um, books, personal life, anything. Um, no. Uh, there was some news about Serge Ibaka. Are we gonna talk about that? I mean, the only news is he's not expected to join up with the team upon their return to Milwaukee. Um. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I have nothing else. I'm not going to speculate beyond that. He's he's out for personal reasons. He's missed. Is he going to the Grammys? I don't think that's it, Jordan. Um, is it four games now that he's been listed as out for personal reasons? And might be longer. Well, we've got two more coming back. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Hope all is well with Serge on a personal level. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, from a basketball perspective, he's not a factor on this team. So uh, it's it's really not important one way or another to what the book's performance looks like. But yeah, he will be out another couple of games at least. Sorry. Jordan, you look like you've discovered something there. I have. Someone is it for has the tweeted. podcast or is it for later? Someone has tweeted. Oh, it's for the podcast later, is yeah. the response to that. Okay. I'm sure even you listeners know who has tweeted. Uh, stay tuned for for uh. the feature. We'll get to the <laughs> bottom of it. I mean, otherwise, I, I think Joe Ingles is coming along pretty nicely and looking like himself. You mentioned Zach Lowe's 10 things this week. Well, Joe Ingles got the spotlight there for essentially looking like Joe Ingles and doing Joe Ingles things, which even more impressive in the context of what's going on with the books and how they look at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like yep. he's, he's far from perfect, but I, I do think the value of his passing, his ability to orchestrate things and run the pick and roll um, has been on display and maybe even too much on display because he's been having to do it because Giannis is missing time. Drew is missing time. Or even if those guys are there, well, he is the only other playmaking ball handling option. So He's being pushed probably further than you'd like, not because he can't do that. Like he really can be a team's primary playmaker if you wanted him to be, but just given the injury he's coming back from and the age he is, another guy you don't want to use that stuff up right now. 
Um, but I will like just signs are encouraging there, really encouraging. Some good three point shooting games. The three point shooting is certainly kind of rounding into form quite nicely over the last five, six, seven games or so. Um, and the passing is as advertised. He is fully kind of locked in, as engaged, as trash talking is as advertised as well. The books are getting Joe Ingles. Like that's yes. that's really all we could have wanted, all we hoped for when that deal came true. It's like if they can get actual Joe Ingles, that's a really good and interesting pickup, and that's what it seems like they're getting. He's he's starting to look pretty good. Um Beyond that, I mentioned Javon. Javon is standing out to me as re- regaining some of the early season form, playing with a lot of swagger, particularly from behind the three-point line. I did say to you before we start recording, I do think it's possible. Might be approaching a point where you could go a little too far with that confidence. But right now, the shot is good. They're going down and... He's been through a, a rough spell with his shooting of late, so I don't really blame him for letting it fly. And the results are pretty good. Um, I just the books desperately need to find the kind of happy medium that allows Javon to be a really high end, consistent contributor throughout the season. Because when he's been at his best, that's what he's been. And I honestly think the books have been at their best too. Like certainly yes. that early stretch of the season. Uh, speaks to that maybe part of that is that even with other injuries going on right now if he's finally found it in a bench role let's not move him back to a starting role even if injuries dictate it because certainly the the inverse of that change seemed to affect him a little bit um, and send him into that slump continue to be impressed with Marjan who is playing a lot to kind of circle back to something that we talked about prompted by mailbag questions a couple of weeks ago. Books fans may want to see more Marjan. Marjan is playing a lot. He's playing a lot of minutes for a rookie. Um, He's doing very well in them, but the books are not going to push him into being a 36, 37 minute per game guy. And that would also not lead to the best results for him. So I think we should just all really feel great about what we're seeing from him right now, both for, yeah, the possibility that he does become a meaningful contributor in big games late in the regular season and into the playoffs. But again, also just for, oh, there might actually be like a young piece that we can project forward with on this roster, which is not something we have to look of otherwise. Anyone else? Anything else? Um, I, I don't... Drew, Drew being... I mean, he's, it's not like a role player, but Drew being as good as he is and kind of, we talk about Giannis keeping balance of everything and taking on a lot on his plate. I think Drew, it easily could be said about him. Um, he's been really good uh, this year. Brooke, I know they lost against the Heat in the first half and they were trying to score so much. They lost both games against the Heat, but specifically Saturday's game. Um they were trying Brooke, to go Brooke at and him. Bobby, I mean, I, at this point, like, I really, you just have to tip your hat to those two guys for the consistency of their output night in, night out, because yeah, very few of their teammates are managing to, and not, no one is really coming close to what they're doing outside of Giannis, but just 
being like that consistent to whatever you're going to give night to night is not something we're seeing from a whole lot of other guys. I think those two players have been just about as important as ever. And they both yeah. just continue to deliver. Look really good doing it. Bobby is Bobby is kind of um like dumbfounding me, confusing me some extent still this season because he is putting up insane numbers and has been very good while still having very obvious room to take a massive jump forward in what he's doing. And that could actually click into place. So, like, Bobby is maybe in the weird Yanis place where it's like, he's not kind of himself. Like, he's he's not he's not playing well by the standards we've come to understand them playing well as. Yeah. But he's playing really well, and he's doing a lot for this team to put them on his back at times. And that boat really impresses me and also kind of, confuses me and intrigues me because obviously the guts of what we're talking about here is this three-point shooting and it's been a weird season for him on that front but there is a clear other gear for him with a skill set that he could unlock and it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around that because you look at him averaging a double-double and being someone who is legitimately in the mix I will still believe it when I see it Jordan when they don't give it some puny little guard um, but He's legitimately in the mix for six man of the year without doing the thing that maybe he did best offensively in his first couple of seasons with the books. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, AJ green. I'm intrigued by he's a good shooter and well, that's a fly probably man. I don't think even there's been a buck in this bud era that has had a quick as quick of a trigger as he has and it, it's a weird release but he gets off very quick and he his shot prep all the fun things that you could say about like a shooter like him he gets off quick it's just a matter of knocking in and you know uh holding his own defensively because as we saw in the first heat game they were going after him repeatedly they knew aj green was on the floor that is a sore spot for the Bucks defense, and let's go after it. Um, especially when Drew Holiday is the other guard on the floor, and you want to basically do every action possible to not have him on your ball handler or even big because of that's how good Drew is. Um, so yeah, there's there's even with all this said about the Bucks as a whole, there's things to li- like about individuals, play, um, skills. Like I, I do think all the things that we said to start this year and even when they were nine and zero, and like how talented this Bucks team is do you think that all applies it's what makes everything about where we are at with Chris specifically but just in general of just not everything clicking together both in yeah because the glue is missing we've got all yes. these great pieces and they're just they're loose Jordan they're yeah they're just kind of falling out left right and center and it's it's not working like that's no. it, it really does come down to them. that's not that's like when you see a team and you're like oh they've got some good you know fun players they could put something together and be pretty competitive like middle of the road teams they kind of look like what the books would look like if you took Giannis off this roster as well where you're like yeah oh, they've kind of got some players who are good players and but they can't make it work because they're just missing the kind of players who at the top end will 
free them up, we'll make it all click together. We've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting, and the wait is almost over. Of course, that wasn't about the books at all. That was about Mike Dunlap, tweeted a week, presented by Jordan Tresky. Jordan, tell us what uh, what Coach Dunlap has been up to on the interwebs this week. I like that you said interwebs because for the first time in Jordan Tresky presents Mike Dunlap's tweets of the week. We're going multi-platform. We're still calling it tweets of the week, though. Yeah, because it's largely going to be tweets of the week. That's how we came to know and love Mike Dunlap on top of him being an assistant coach for the Do we know he's on TikTok? He could be. Um, I'm just sorry. I'm on this page here on Twitter. Yeah. And I just, the images come up. Maybe you could see the same, like his recent images. I hope not. Don't look. Do you want to guess how long Mike Dunlop's been on Twitter for? I think I saw this when I have, as I have been more... um, Stalking his page? Yeah, basically. I think it's been like since 2012. Yeah, he was nine years. (laughs) That's when he was the Bobcats coach, which is even funnier. Nine years in, well, 2013, nine years in November. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's on Twitter longer than you and I are doing book stuff together. That is true. Like he's yeah. got us, he's got us by like three months. Honestly, it's insane. Are... He's, he's, he's not new. We're, we're treating this as if this is a new phenomenon. It is to us. Yeah. But, Mike Dunlap's been about this life for many years. He is contributing to the Bucks conversation online in his own unique way. And that's why we have created this segment. Um, okay. So the first one is not a tweet. It's an Instagram post. Uh, I follow it because I, yeah. It's a the long-time listeners, long-time listeners may well remember when Jordan Tresky revealed that Mike Dunlap was on Instagram. Not sure if this was like the purpose of his Instagram account, but here we are. No. And I have done it again by saying that I found this through Instagram. Well, you did it before, so here we are. Yeah. Um, it's we established it as Rohan, it is canon. It is winning six canon. We have established that he's Instagram. Um, he made an Instagram post. This is a little over a week ago, but I believe we did not record Win Six. We have we recorded, recorded Win Six. Yes. It's Day of the Hornets game two. Uh, it's a picture of the Bucks practice facility and specifically a treadmill. And you see the TV on the wall. You see the, you know, vending, or not vending machine, but the, the refrigerator with stocked up with water energy drinks um but the the treadmill is it it takes up most of the picture and the the caption for this photo waiting uncompromising round and round taskmaster loyalty to time and pace benevolent dictator matters not this machine will die an early death. Time to wear his ass out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, hashtags. <laughs> Sorry for copying everybody's ear right there. Um, I, there's just something, and we'll see it in another in another post. There's something about the journey that it goes on, and then it's just like a left turn, and that last sentence. Time to wear his ass out is. It, it's also though. It's the, it's the perspective oh. from which the photograph is taken, because Mike Dunlap is is he's almost like he's he's sizing the treadmill up for the other the other side of the room. Not quite he's the other side, but the treadmill like I struck uh, his, his his social Twitter. media. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like. You're just imagining this man just standing, like looking this treadmill up and down, being like dictator. It's like benevolent taskmaster. It's it's really it's the good stuff. Um, oh god, that's a good one. Okay, so then what is it? What is the tweet of the week? What is the tweet of the week? Well, I we had a tweet come in as it's it's a good one. I've seen it since. It's a good one, and again, he knows how to end these tweets so well um we're gonna go to january 12 2023 tweeted at 10 08 a.m honesty staff team important to reveal that some things remain a mystery to you why that very vulnerability is truth raw truth and it will allow others to tell you the truth the word culture sounds nice Yet the guts of it can be quite difficult. Stay raw and real. Stay raw and real. That's because I'm not the place. I think you've made a mistake. I, I know. I don't think this is the tweet. Uh, I, I do think the one that came in while we were recording is the tweet. That tweet goes criticism. Administration, boosters, fans, media, parents. Your wife. Others. Which just have the ordering, same effect. It's just all these uh, administration, boosters, fans, media. Then it goes really personal. Parents your wife, and then to go back to others is just hilarious. Welcome to coaching. So all these other people have been welcome to coaching, I guess? Yeah. Point, colon. Toughen up or get out. (laughs) Goes with the turf. Keep asking yourself, quote, what did I learn today and how can I apply that tomorrow? Finally, you may feel alone, but you are not. Eyes up. Eyes up. Welcome to coaching. <laughs> That's that would be my personal pick. I also see he he was obviously reading the Captain Class, which is a book I've always meant to read and I've never got round to. Um, by Sam Walker. I feel like uh, there was a low post episode around the Captain Class at the time. Uh. Very interesting book with lots of stuff I believe about uh, the All Blacks and their leadership philosophies. So always learning, Mike Dunlap. That's uh, always, always learning. He's a a very studious man. 
And it's why we celebrate him week in, week out. We are truly grateful for Mike Dunlap for giving us the one thing that from week to week we certainly cannot predict on the podcast at the moment. You know, the Bucks may be inconsistent, but you know who isn't? Mike Dunlap. He's as consistent as, dare I say, the MVP of this Bucks season. But his output is, is consistently diverse as well. Yes. A lot of coach. I know there's a lot of coach stuff. There's, there's a lot of, there's some days where you're just like, Put the books down. Put the books down, Mike. Uh, not the not the B-U-C-K-S, you know, the double no. O-K-S, Jordan. Um, put them down. Let's stop. Let's stop focusing, studying. Get off the treadmill. Basketball. Let's just let's reflect on life. That's that's often what I feel like when I see him tweeting up a storm. My favorites are life. I mean, the other one I did like this week, just because oh. it was it was about. Is about coaching, of course. They're all about coaching. <laughs> um, but it got my attention when I saw it come true because this was, we'll say, there was some Monday morning quarterbacking going on in certain mm. mm. I'm like, I, I was about to finish the pot here, and I remember this one. Uh, Mike Dunlap, what did he have to say? Well, I'll tell you what he had to say NFL. Period. End of season for every coach, colon. All but one will have lost, and even he will have to map out a calendar. Point, colon. Loves those points. He loves the colons, too. End of season could be a real downer unless coaches understand, quote-unquote, transitions. How to move on with new lessons learned. Like four seasons, some handle better than others. Hmm. Uh, Jordan. Do you hear that, Packers? Oh, Do you hear that? <laughs> One of these days, Jordan is going to have to... People complain about how Winning Six is mixed, not irregularly. This is my co-host. He just picks up the microphone and he shouts at it. I Transitions. Was speaking of, I was is he, is he suggesting that the, the Packers should move on from Aaron Rodgers there? I was just speaking what Mike Dunlap was tweeting. Like four seasons. Does he mean Who's... the seasons of the year? Or does he mean... Matt LaFleur has been here four years. Is Mike Dunlap auditioning for... If not if not a spot on Mike LaFleur's staff? Dare I say? Mm-hmm. The role of head coach of the Green Bay Packers? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to sell him short. The heir to Lombardi? The heir to Rodgers? You want him playing quarterback? He's under center. He's back to pass. His Twitter bio <laughs> does describe himself as a utility infielder, so mm-hmm. he may be needed on the Brewers this season. Um, that is true. Feels like they've been signing up a few Mike Dunlap-esque, you know, Abraham Toro type guys. Anyway, we are well and truly done. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. Here's hoping. And trust me, Jordan and I want this just as much as anyone. That next week when we record, the books are going to have something new for us to talk about. Hopefully Chris will be back. Hopefully we'll be seeing Giannis out there, Drew out there, Brooke out there, and we can start to imagine what would the best version of the 2023 Milwaukee books look like? That's what we're really hoping for. We've all waited long enough. Let's, let's see it come to pass. 
until then, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Eurostep Podcast Network is this feed. If you're listening to us on, that's where you'll never miss a thing on all things Milwaukee Books. The Eurostep with Time and Sharon Caddy. And yes, winning six with myself, Jordan, and Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy, Jesus, that's a scary thought. Mike Dunlap's <laughs> tweets. <laughs> You can also list all things Green Bay Packers. Or can you this week? Who knows? There's still Not a... this week, but okay. That, are, that's fair. Are in the hopper. That's fair. There's a process of Breathing. grieving, mourning, also just mentally recovering that goes on after a season of podcasts. So you and Umac are going through that right now, but Talking to Tundra is the place for all things Green Bay Packers throughout your offseason. Cruiser for bruising, things are ramping up on the other side of things for the Milwaukee Brewers. Andrew and I are on top of all of that. Before we know it, guys will start reporting to the Brewers. World Baseball Classic coming up on the horizon. And we've got a fun, fun project coming up where we're going to watch along through a lot of recent Brewers games. A good season. A good season, Jordan. They're not all good seasons but a good season, and we're going to talk about some more of that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not giving you any more here. Go listen to most most recent Cruising for a Bruising. Go join our Discord and check out the Brewers channel there, gspn.info, if you want to talk about any of those sports within the wider GSPN community. And once again, why not? Join repod.com forward slash gspn if you want to share any thoughts you have on this episode. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.